Choose the level of electricity your business can save on peak energy days and get lower energy costs. Be an energy hero. Find out about money-saving programs for your business at sdge.com slash save the day. Hey, hi, it's Shelly Wade. Welcome to episode eight. I think it's eight. Uh, wasn't so good at math. Not just joking. <laughs> I actually looked back at one of my old report cards from uh, high school and I had an A, you know, in, in all my math classes. But I do think this is episode eight. Welcome in either case to the podcast. Uh, of course, during the week, we have short episodes of the podcast. And on Fridays, you know, I give myself the opportunity to talk a little bit more with longer episodes featuring interviews and such. Today, super excited and honored to be interviewed the legendary Vernon Reed and his new band. You know Vernon Reed as the founding member of the trailblazing legendary band Living Color. Of course, they're really amazing smash hit Cult of Personalities. It was one of my favorite songs from the late 80s. And so we're going to talk to him about the new band, Living Color, whether they're going to do some more music. We're going to talk about influences and so much more. So that's on the way. In the meantime, if you haven't already subscribed to my podcast, do so now because they say the success of a podcast depends on uh, the number of subscribers and the number of listeners. So subscribe by opening up the iHeartRadio app or going to iHeartRadio.com and under podcasts, search for All the Rage with Shelly Wade and you got it. Follow and subscribe and encourage all of your family, friends, and followers to follow and subscribe as well. And please do listen to all of the episodes. So when you subscribe, you know, you'll be notified that there are new episodes, so you don't want to miss one. All right, here's where to follow me on social media. Please do search for All the Rage with Shelly Wade, the page, my fan page on Facebook. Hit the like button on there, and you can find me on Twitter at Shelly Wade. Don't forget that Shelly spelled with an E-Y. I'm on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. Follow Hello. So Vernon Reed's new Band of Gypsies Revisited is a tribute of source to Jimi Hendrix, another guitar great. Um, actually have a poster of Jimi up on my wall at home right now. Just one of them. Um, but listen. I am so intrigued by this new project, and so I interviewed Vernon and the rest of the band, and where the audio picks up is after they put me on a brief hold, they came back on, and this is how it went. Sorry about that. No worries. You still there? Okay. I am still here. So so let me uh, put us on speaker. Okay. Yeah? Give me two seconds, okay? Okay. And you have the whole band, just so you know. Got it. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm well. Hi, guys. Hello. So I just want to make sure um, we check the um, the sound, um, how it's going to sound, uh, since you guys are on speakerphone. Can you guys say some stuff for me? Okay. This is Vernon Reed. I'm here. Testing one, two, three. Sounds four, five, amazing. Seven, Sounds amazing. So you guys ready to do this? Do you want to identify everybody's voice, though? Does everybody say their, their name and their voice? What was that? Do you want to have everybody identify themselves? No, no, no. I'll introduce you. Oh. Okay. Thank okay. You. <laughs> so you guys ready? Yeah. 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 Shelly Wade, I am so honored. Got some legends and trailblazers on the line with me right now. Vernon Reed's Band of Gypsies Revisited. Hi, guys. 
So let me give you the, the formal introductions. We've got Vernon Reed, guitar and vocals. Of course, we know him from the legendary trailblazing band Living Color. James Biscuit Rouse, drums and vocals. Uh, you were Ms. Lauren Hill's band leader for three years. Also got Andre Draglo LaSalle, guitar and vocals. Uh, you were with, wow, Miles Davis. And, of course, Jared Michael Nickerson, bass and vocals. Uh, Marshall Crenshaw, the the, and Charlie Muscle. White. I am so honored to have you guys on the line. Thank you for having us, well, well, let me ask you, can you for, for those of us who may not be so familiar with the Band of Gypsies, educate us. Well, it's a band that Jim, Jimi Hendrix uh, put together. Uh, he's one of the last bands he, he put together uh, in his life and is most famously played at the Fillmore East in New York City, Bill Graham's Fillmore East, on New Year's Eve 1970. And uh, there's one amazing album that came out of it, but there were really four sets. It was called from four different sets of music. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it was very apparent, if you listen to all of the music, Jimi Hendrix never played the same song the same way twice, ever. Yeah. And, and that's part of the excitement of, of what, what it is to reinterpret the songs in our own way. Would you say that Jimi Hendrix was one of the, the main influences, um, you, Vernon, um, because I know guitar is your main thing, would you say that Jimi Hendrix has been your main musical influence in, in the industry? Well, I would, actually, I have, to, I have to say Jimi Hendrix was one of my influences, but the first guitar player I heard, to be 100% honest, the first guitar player I heard that made me want to play guitar was Carlos Santana. Oh, wow. I was, I, I was actually too young for the summer of love yeah. and all, all of that. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the thing about it is that, like, Carlos influenced me to pick up the guitar. And then I remember seeing Jimi Hendrix on the Dick Cavett show. Yeah. And any time an African-American person was on TV, it was an event. And he was so different and so unusual mm-hmm. um, from anyone else I'd ever seen. And then I heard his music, and I was completely enthralled by his music. So he was one of, I'd say, like, one of several big influences on me on guitar. Yeah. And so you guys are, are, you know, like I said, you're doing your own interpretation of the band of gypsies. That was like, I I don't think a lot of people realize that was like a good 50 years ago, right? Yes, definitely 50 years. And this is Andre. The the thing that was weird about it was that this album was done because he had owed uh, an album to a guy named Ed Chaplin. Mm -hmm. So this whole band of gypsies thing was really like a big accidental type of situation that was put together out of, you know, necessity. Yeah. But then it turned out to be the uh, the conduit into which funk rock really was kind of born. Yeah, so and, and, and it's you like know, a, something that was done out of you know for those reasons, and it, it really made that much of an impact. And really, that was one of the big the big uh, introductions between Vernon and myself. Uh huh. Um, so that's how we really got together as friends as kids. Well, yeah, and then all of you guys have you know in one form or another been collaborating for over thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The band of gypsies. It's um the the coin the phrase was coined funk and roll the funk and roll genre. Um, mm-hmm. what artists would you um put in that genre in that category? Well, the the, the, the well, if you're talking about people that had an immediate impact on our lives, yeah. The first act I would say is the Isley Brothers. Oh, because- the Isleys. Because of Ernie Isley's, you know, Jimi Hendrix actually was in the Isley Brothers band. And, and Ernie Isley, who went on to produce some of the biggest hits. Um, Speaking of great a, guitar players, right? 
He's a phenomenal guitar, very drummer too. and great drummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He must play most of the instruments on his record. Yep. And, and the thing about what the Ozzy Brothers did was that they kept that Hendrix, that sound alive in the post Hendrix era. So mm-hmm. they had legit big hit records. You know, like Who's That Lady oh, yeah. and, fight, and Fight the Power were, were massive hit records and were played constantly on the radio. And the sound of guitar uh-huh. kind of stayed alive in and certainly in the communities of color. And, you know, of course, you know, there are a bunch, there, there are a bunch of other things. LaBelle is another group that I would say, you know, was very influenced by having that rock sound as part of their R&B mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Funkadelic, Harlem Funkadelic. Definitely. You know? You know, Shelly, we have to give a big up to the um, Band of Gypsies rhythm section also, mm-hmm. Buddy Miles and mm-hmm. Billy Cox, because mm-hmm. the thing is, they were actually just as important to that group as Jimmy, and it was probably the first group where Jimmy could actually just be amongst compadres and, and feel like he was actually part of a band with mm-hmm. equals. And, you know, Buddy Miles had a funk thing going on with Buddy Miles Express and um, his work with the American Flag. Mm-hmm. Electric, flag. Excuse me, electric flag with oh. um, what was it? Mike Bloomfield. Mike Bloomfield, Mike Bloomfield mm-hmm. on guitar. Uh-huh. And you know Billy Cox, he laid down lines that are legendary and and you know iconic to this day. Billy Cox, and in a way, talking about Billy Cox, who is who is who is still playing great, and he's the last man standing of all the people, pretty much that that you know uh, him and 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 a few other people, but. Really, Billy Cox, if you listen to that record, he's the glue that holds the entire thing together. <laughs> yeah. Because, because Jimmy was going into outer space, and Buddy was, you know, was counterpointing that, and and Billy Cox is rock solid. So mm-hmm. his role was pivotal. He's mm-hmm. like the MVP of that whole thing. You know, you guys, fast-forwarding um, to 2018, almost 2019, uh, what do you guys feel is the, the current state of rock, um, and more specifically, black rock? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. I um, produced an artist named Shelly Nicole, who's a female artist, and uh, she just put out, she's putting out a record on Election Day, November 6th, called I Am American. Okay. And, and we worked on this record, I mean, really for a couple of years. And it, the thing about what I, what I love about the record is that it's right on time with the kind of current political insanity that we're dealing with right now. Uh-huh. And, and so when I think about what's happening with rock and roll music and with black rock in particular, people are out there, they're being creative, they're challenging norms. They're being super expressive on their instruments. You know, I, I think about a Gary Clark Jr., what he's the great work that he's been doing, you know, and, uh, you know, there's just been a lot of folks. You know, the struggle continues, but I think it's very healthy. The state yeah. of it is very healthy. Yeah, and you know, speaking of the state of something being very healthy, the Black Rock Coalition. You know, years ago, I used to get emails about the Black Rock Coalition, and all of a sudden, I don't get them anymore. So I don't know. You know, can you like get me up to speed of what's going on with the Black Rock Coalition? You know, uh, the, our president, Madam Madam Laronda La Davis, our, our president is is right here with us, so she could address that directly. Hi, Laronda. What's going on with the Black Rock Coalition? Um, yeah, I mean, Brandon, we're coming up on uh, 30, it'll be 35 years in 2020, so we're ramping up for that, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. 
It's not your fault. Maybe I like changed emails or something. You know how stuff happens. So, um, you know, are there any events going on with with the coalition? And what would you say um, would be the the sole purpose of the coalition and how can people get involved? Wow. Okay, that's a lot. So basically, we're just kind of championing the great musicianship that we know comes out of uh, this community of black artists Mm -hmm. who are are sometimes limited by the skin tone and impression of what they're supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. as opposed to really embraced for the places that they take culture musically. So we're still in a spirit of supporting that with everything we do. You know, we're a nonprofit, have been since since we uh, were founded Mm -hmm. in 85. So um, you know, basically, it's just about trying to stay as true to that mission every day. So people support. It's kind of like we, we say it's like 13. You know, you support and you, you volunteer when you can. Um, and we try and do things. You know, we do a lot of local things because mm-hmm. that's kind of where you feel it. Um, it's, it's harder for us to do things on a national scale. But we are doing the show. Um, you know, we, we have a, a L.A. scene that we're trying to rebuild a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and New York's been strong for a long time doing, you know, a lot of BRC orchestra type material. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we have a lot. I know it's, uh, it's, it's hard to, but you know, this show, this show tonight uh, at Zebulon in, in LA, I know we're talking about the show San Diego, but this show tonight is a case in point because the, we have two other bands playing with us. Um, Pegasus Warning, uh, led by Guillermo Brown, a fantastic drummer and producer, mm-hmm. and the legendary Van Hunt, who this is going to be his first gig in uh, in a grip, and and that's going to be super exciting. Yeah, um, for the local scene, and, and we're trying to put together these kind of bills and and um, you know really still uh, you know get people you know get people to to combine in the community wherever they're at. And, and that's what we do. Yeah. And, you know, blackrockcoalition.org. Okay, got it. There. That was going to be my next question. Where can we find you? <laughs> hey, so listen. We also, we also have two bands playing with us um, at CastBox. Okay. The Andrew McCann Band, which Vernon knows from the Experience Hendrix Tours. Yeah. And Loosen the Noose. And I just want to say one thing about the BRC is it's also about um, allowing people to, to feel free about playing whatever music they want to play whatever music comes out of them personally rather than being sort of restricted by commercial pressures and, 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 you know, um, it's expectations. Yeah. And the BRC has been a haven for that. Yeah. It's been, you know, people, people typically, um, for whatever reason, want to put you in a box or, um, you know, have labels for you, but you're right. You should be able to express your music any way you want. And, um, so yeah, that's a great thing about the BRC. Listen, before I let you guys go, uh, I alluded to it earlier, you know, your legendary status and all of your, um, all of your experiences, um, can you guys kind of elaborate each and every one of you on how you got your your start in music, uh, your background? Like, where's everyone from? I'd like each one of you to let me know and then tell me how you got your start in music and your musical influences. I guess we could start start with you, Vernon. <laughs> I know it's a lot. So, OK, so you're originally from London. I know I was. Well, it's a, OK, so one of so one of the. This is a little creepastic, but this is actually a, this is actually a fact. Uh-huh. 
because I was I was born in the same hospital where Jimi Hendrix was pronounced dead. Oh my God! Really? St. St. Mary's in Paddington, which is in the north of London. Okay. It's like an episode of Lost. I mean, we were, you know, we were it was a little displaced over time. Yeah. But, that, that, but, but when I read that, it, it, it kind of freaked me out. So I know. A, and, and the other thing about, about that is that I was brought to America when I was two years old. So I, I grew up in Brooklyn. Okay. And um, when I think about Jimi Hendrix's journey, Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle. He had to go to London in order to make what he did happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to be brought to America in order for me to be on my journey. Yeah. So it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny coincidental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got started playing in funk bands, you know, and uh, GC, GC Wells and the GC Wells Express was my first, was my first band I was in. And I think that's where I met Andre Sal. You know, connected with uh, the other guitar player Hassan Niels, who's a common, who's a, who's a, uh, we had a friend in common, mm-hmm. and um, and it's a much longer story that I won't bore everybody <laughs> with. But all I will say is is that um, you know my life took a lot of unexpected turns. Yeah, and, and that's that's one of the things that I, I like talking to people about when I do get into it. You had that, I mean that supersonic um, um, success with Living Color and that classic cult of personality. Mm-hmm. How was it going through that experience? Well, you know, um, it was a lot of it was a lot of funny things that had to happen in order for it to happen, and I'm continuously amazed that it happened at all. So, mm-hmm. so that's pretty much. I mean, it, it, I mean, including playing with an avant-garde jazz drummer and also meeting Mick Jagger. And without those things, none of it would have happened. I mean, a lot of counterintuitive things had to line up. Yeah. And um, that's, that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Um, are, are there any uh, future, you know, well, really, like, current almost things going on with Living Color? Uh, yeah, we're about to do a, a kind of a, a, a tour of Australia that's coming up pretty, pretty soon. And also we're doing a... Uh, Election Day show in New York City on November the sixth with with uh, the legendary Fishbone. Oh, nice! So that's what happens. But I want someone else to talk now. Okay, so so let's get to uh, to Biscuit, <laughs> James. Uh, how'd you? Where are you from? And um, how'd you get your start? And 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 you know, what are some of your musical influences? I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, I'm a PK kid. So, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, when I hear about those PK kids, you guys are naughty. Yeah, it's all true. Yes, I got my start playing in church, mm-hmm. playing in choirs and bands in school, uh, went to performing arts high school, uh, was a vocal major and an instrumental major. I think by the time I graduated, I made it through pretty much most of the departments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, wound up going to Westminster Choir College, so I have classical background okay. as well as background in jazz performance. You know, and I'm playing around Philadelphia, different artists doing the club scene. Mm-hmm. Um, my first tour experience was with J.T. Taylor from Cool and the Gang. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ladies Night. <laughs> classic, classic. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Let's see what God say, amen. Hey, listen, so how was, how was your experience um, being the tour, the band leader, excuse me, for Miss Lauren Hill? Uh, it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Daily it was. It yeah. was good. It was good, you know. Uh, I won't get into any stories, but it's, it's a true experience, and it's something to learn from. She's very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, being detached from the band, she has been supportive of my creative journey mm-hmm. outside of her. Yeah. Because I've learned a lot from her, and she learned a lot from me, you know. And it's all, um, how do you say, it's respect on both sides. Yeah, very cool. Well, what about you, uh, Dre? Um, what was that experience like working with Miles Davis? That was definitely, as you know, a serendipity situation. I had, uh, I was working at the airport as a sky cat, mm-hmm. and I had seen this guy named Randy Hall. It was a song that they they put out called Jamie Jamie's Girl, mm-hmm. and um, there was a chord progression that I really dug. And when I saw him on Soul Train, there was a keyboardist. And he had happened to come through the, to, the, to the airport the next day. I was working in LaGuardia Airport. So I stopped him, and I asked him about a specific chord progression. And he looked at me, you know, and he said, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, I, you actually listened to it. I said, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I said, look, man, I said, you know, you're going to be here with Randy Hall because I wanted to go see him. He goes, I'm not here to play with Randy Hall. I said, what are you why are you here? Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm a musical director for Miles Davis. Oh, wow. So I was like floored. So I was supposed to see him in the city to hand him a tape. And uh, Ronald Reagan had come through uh, New York at the time, and all the streets were closed and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was uh, he was coming from Germany, and he asked me if I would play guitar mm-hmm. on a movie soundtrack okay. without hearing me. So that happened out of complete accident, and from that point on, I was continuously playing on stuff because, obviously, they didn't take me off the track, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> well, but um, I started to get into guitar because my father's from Trinidad, and he played quattro, and I grew up listening to Bossa Nova and Calypso and stuff like that, so I was always into rhythm music, and my first really big thing was Papa was a Rolling Stone, and rest in peace also, uh, Wawa Watson, mm-hmm. the guy who played it, he just died today. Yeah. What? Oh wow. Yeah. So um that so it's definitely really weird that this whole thing is coming up. But that was my first influence. Yeah. Uh he, you know, and that's how I got into the Wawa pill and stuff and then Hendrix was after that. But when I first heard Hendrix Fan I didn't like it because the first song I heard was Who Knows and he was playing out of tune. Uh uh. And I was a really oddly fanatic. Uh-huh. But then I heard uh some other cuts, I heard Machine Gun and then that floored me and then I understood that. The genius of Hendrix was that even though he was playing out of tune, he was still making miraculous sounds and, and being able to improvise and utilize the out of tune to create a character mm-hmm. in the music. Okay. So, you know, for me, it was just all a serendipity trip. Well, yeah. You know, so. 
Well, now, Jared Michael Nickerson um, and I had, we had a, um, a great email conversation earlier this week. <laughs> and we found out we both lived in Hoboken at the same time in, in Jersey. Um, world. <laughs> I know. And, and, and I was like, oh, my God, I found out they have a Trader Joe's there. I would have, that would have blown my mind when I lived there. So we, we lived um, near each other but didn't know each other. So nice to finally know you. Uh, where are you originally from, Jared? I'm originally born in Cleveland, but I grew up in Dayton, and I'm 65 this year. So it was during the um, 60s, during the the funk explosion, Mm -hmm. Dayton with, um, you know, the Ohio players, um, Roger Troutman and Zapp, Slays, Dayton, Faiso, all the the funk bands that came out of there. We all sort of like did high school talent shows, Mm -hmm. played in the churches, and then... um, Dayton back then had a strong industrial base with National Cash Register and um, Inland Steel, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, the car company. So the the two-parented households had had nice, you know, uh, nice incomes and were able to sort of like trick out their basements into dens, and we would just go from den to den and jam. And that sort of was like really the the the, the, the heartbeat of mm-hmm. how that whole Dayton funk scene um, sort of started. And then when the, you know, the players had had their number one hits and started driving around town in, you know, Lamborghinis and, and Porsches and stuff, everybody realized that we could take this and make some money with it. Yeah. And then, and then Zap and Roger Troutman, I mean, they even came back and built like a um, stu- uh, state-of-the-art studio back in the day in town. And they're, they're, Parents were had a construction company that went back into the neighborhoods and furnished people's houses for cost. Oh, for wow. wow. So, Jared, I have a question for you. Like, what is it in the water in Ohio to make makes you guys so funky? If I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you knew it, you would bottle it, right? Shelly, I'm really happy the fact that, um, a lot of those players are known for particular bands out of Dayton, mm-hmm. but I was I've been blessed to be able to take the, the the funk and what's been in the water that's been instilled in me and share that in other forms of of, of popular music yeah. and with other artists and bring that that Dayton that Dayton vibe and funk to to some rock and roll with like Marshall Crenshaw and with the the, the England band and with Charlie Musselwhite and. And that's been illuminating, I think, on both sides, for them and for me. Well, you guys, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Just really wonderful to hear some true music icons, um, you know, talk to me, chat with me about music. Where can we find you guys online if you want to share your website, your social media, anything? We're on Instagram. Yes. And I think we're on Twitter as well, right? And I believe we were on. We, we were, these are new. These a pleasant band of gypsies revisited is fairly new. Mm-hmm. So they could find us, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, got you guys. Well, thanks for B O G B O G R B B O G R B. Got it. Well, thank you guys for calling in. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for having us. You're welcome. Hey. Bye, guys. Wow, what a blast to be able to interview those guys. Vernon Reed, Andre Draglo LaSalle, James Biscuit Rouse, and Jarrett Michael Nickerson. Vernon Reed's Band of Gypsies Revisited Band. And you can find them online, as they said, at VRBOG. 
rb.com to see if they'll be coming to a town near you or see if they have some new music coming out. And uh, be sure to look for them on social media as well. Speaking of, don't forget to follow me on social media. You can find my All the Rage with Shelly Wade fan page on Facebook. Find it and hit the like button. Also follow me at Shelly Wade on Twitter. Don't forget that Shelly spelled with an E-Y because if you don't put that E before the Y, you're following the wrong Shelly Wade. And I'm on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. Follow and spread the word about the All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast. Subscribe and follow on iHeartRadio. And we return with another episode coming up Monday. Be sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Love you for listening. Choose the level of electricity your business can save on peak energy days and get lower energy costs. Be an energy hero. Find out about money-saving programs for your business at sdge.com slash save the day.